Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Fridays at uh, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, we will have um, uh, Prophet Kathy. She will be uh, with you with uh, uh, women. Uh, my goodness, I'm, I'm messing this thing up today. Uh, getting adjusted here. Uh, women of the Kingdom. So uh, she will be with you on, on uh, Thursdays at 1 p.m. But we uh, collectively on Wednesday uh, at 1. We will keep that at 1 p.m. Uh, the Master Key, the Order of Kingdom Relationships, uh, coming together, sharing about uh, marriage, family, parenting, uh, all of those good things uh, that God uh, um, care about so deeply. Uh, but today, this is our first day. Uh, hope that you enjoyed Saturday. Uh, we was looking for uh, some call-ins. We had quite a few people that was on the uh, chat, and um, but I did not get or uh, see any um, anyone on chat. So therefore, I didn't uh, wasn't able to uh, 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 speak prophetic into your life. So we are getting that in uh, divinely aligned. Uh, we are creating, uh, having our uh, technician to create a a uh, form that you'll be able to sign those that desire prophetic uh, presbytery that will cause us to be able to expedite the time. Uh, Saturday, we uh, taught on spiritual warfare, uh, uh, intercession, and there's a distinction between the both. So Saturday is the time that uh, uh, people need prayer. They can call in, and uh, we will pray with you, war with you, and battle with you and for you. Uh, one of these segments we're going to be uh, dedicate strictly to the uh, the uh, fivefold ministry gifts, uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Break that down, and uh, hoping that uh, God will uh, grace us to understand to be able to identify what is a pro- an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist a pastor, a teacher, uh, and their functions. It's very important that we understand that so we can be able to discern the heart and the mind of God uh, concerning um, uh, those offices. It's very important for us to be able to properly relate to them uh, in the body of Christ. Once again, this is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, uh, with the Master Key. Uh uh, unlocking and liberating the real you. Uh, how do one unlock themselves? Who is the real me? What is the reason of my existence? Why am I here? Why was I born? Why did God give me the parents that he gave me? The siblings that I have? Why did God uh, allow me to uh, live in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida? Uh, why did the Lord have me here in South Florida at this present time? Uh, why did God allow me to give birth to three girls? Everything is a reason and a purpose behind everything. Uh, some of us is existing, but we're not experiencing life. There's a distinction between existing and living. And so we need to learn how to live. 
but I will never know how to live if I don't know my purpose of being, my purpose of existence. I'm born again, and there's so many that is born again. So that means then I'm born again to a new life. So whatever my purpose was by my parents bringing me forth, they fulfilled their purpose. Now, what is my purpose in God? So all of these things that we need to come to an understanding of. The Bible says that uh, we all must need to be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So therefore, if I'm born of spirit, whatever was born of flesh has ceased in God's eyesight, in God's mindset. It has ceased. God does not receive it, nor accept it. He has rejected it. But the new life, he has received the new life. I'm born again. So now what is my purpose of being born again? There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, said the God of this world has blinded the mind. If a man is blind, he cannot see. You can have natural eyes but still be blinded and cannot see. And that's how manipulation comes. It comes to blind you so you can never discover you. If I never discover me, then I will always live in a realm of frustration. I will always live in a realm of aggravation. And so many do. Even if you're rich, there's, <laughs> believe it or not, so many rich people is frustrated and aggravated. Uh, they have money, but they're not satisfied. They're not happy. They're frustrated because even though they have money, money cannot buy you an identity in God. Money cannot pay for the revelation of who you are. The scripture says that your life is hidden with Christ and God. It is hidden. So therefore, if it's hidden, that means I must find it. And how do I find my life that is hidden in God? Well, I must be able to find him who my life is hidden in. He said, well, preacher, I have Christ. You may have him. It's possible to have him living in you. But he may not have you. You may have him living in you, but never discovered him who live in you. Never got to know him who lives within you. And so what happens is we go all of our life frustrated and aggravated and we're trying one thing after another thing to discover who we are. We get involved in all kinds of things uh, because we're trying to feel good about ourselves and trying to discover uh, our reason of existence. Uh, before I gave my life to Christ, I um, did a whole lot of things that I'm not pleased with today. But those things was done because I was in a state or mode of discovery. I was trying to discover. I was trying to keep myself occupied to make myself feel good about me. That'll never happen. You can never you would never be able to find yourself that way. You can become great at a lot of things, but it's nothing like becoming a great person. And that is the difference. Being good at something of being a good person, period. And that can never take place if I'm not willing to discover who he is so I can discover who I am. What are you pursuing today? 
what are you running after today? And how many people think about it even in church? That's some of the most frustrated people that go to church. Oppressed, depressed, and uh, just have absolutely no clue of who they are. But they do a whole lot of church things, sing in the choir, praise team, instruments, on the prayer ministry. Uh, they're part of this ministry, that ministry, and still frustrated and aggravated. And still do some of the things they did before they gave their life to the Lord. And one of the most miserable things is to feel like you're locked up, incarcerated. I mean, never felt that way before. And you feel like you living on the inside of you, you want to break out of you. And you know that there's more to you than what you're experiencing. And if you're feeling that way, it's because God is stirring you. He's provoking you to try to get you to get up and move beyond yourself. You are somebody awesome. You are somebody great because you was born again. Born again in the image and the likeness of the one that created you. You got to understand that you are not the person that you look at in the mirror. You are not the person that you put clothes upon. The real you lives on the inside of you. A lot of people understand that from a theological perspective because they go to church and they probably heard people say that. But it is a reality. Have you ever gotten to know the person that lives on the inside of your body? There's a person that is so awesome, so dynamic, so great, so powerful that lives on the inside of your body. The real you. Supernatural. That person that lives on the inside, if they ever get liberated, they can walk on water. That person can speak things and things will happen if they ever get liberated. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, if you're born again, is God living on the inside of you. He is God. But his job is to lead you into an encounter with the one that died for you. So you can discover the real you. Isn't it amazing? He said, the works that I do, you can do also in greater works. Why are we satisfied with making those confessions and satisfied with preaching them, but not satisfied with doing them? I know there's a stir from time to time when you read it, and, and, and you have this imagination just run begin to run wild. That is great. That is awesome. Because the power of one's imagination it is so dynamic, it is so awesome, because uh, your imagination can really alter the things in this realm. I'm reminded of a story in the book of Genesis. I see we've got a few people in chat uh, um, tonight. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I want you all to experiment with me tonight. Uh, so I can um, uh, start learning how to do this. Uh, uh, so uh, somebody write me a chat, write me a question, and so we can dialogue. You can write it, but I will answer it on on online. Uh, so I want to start um, uh, getting used to the chat. This is our third week. And I'm totally surprised of the volume that we received uh, so far. I'm going to get back into the imagination thing here. Um, uh, one of the things I shared with my wife that I want to believe God by, we have about uh, at least about 2,000 uh, hits by the time we, uh, the end of this year, uh, people that tag are logging in. 
and we have had that in three weeks. Uh, that really um, uh, surprised me. But that's how God operates. He always moves and bless exceedingly abundantly above all we able to ask or think. <clears throat> so if you uh, has written a chat, uh, I don't see it, but I need someone to write me a question. I just continue to minister, uh, share, and maybe there's something I may say that will uh, that you can uh, chat, write me, so I can uh, get used to this, how to use it. All right. But going back to imagination, there was a, a scripture in the book of Genesis where there was a man named Jacob uh, married a, a, a man's daughter. named uh, uh, The man name was Laban, but the daughter name was, uh, uh, what was it, Rachel, Rebecca. I'm getting my names mixed up now. But anyway, the, the, the father manipulated him. Uh, those of you who know the story, he worked for this young lady for 14 years. But he had a revelation. Uh, the man ripped him off. He had a revelation. Now, you understand, this is, a, this is, this is the, the father of faith grandson. The father of faith grandson. Abraham's grandson. God said, I will bless those who bless you and I curse those who curse you. He received a blessing before he left his father's house. That's another thing I... I be a good topic for us to share the blessings of God. Uh, 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 so many people is blessed, but they don't know they're blessed. But anyway, uh, he took some animals. Before I go on, my question would be, are you greater than an animal? Yes, you are. So he took an animal, a cow, and he took uh, went to a tree, uh, took a limb down, peeled them, and then put it in front of the water trough of the cow. When the cow began to drink and mate, the cow was looking at the uh, the limb that was peeled. And so when the cow conceived and gave birth, the cow gave birth to what the cow saw. May I tell you, this is so Dynamite! If you and I can get this, that is why uh, you and I got to come to the place where we are conscious of what we think about. We are conscious of of what we're imagining, what is going on in my mind, because everything, every circumstance, every situation—I won't say every, but the majority, if not every is a result of what you and I has produced. Except those things which God, when he's trying us, and when God is testing you. And uh, and God never try you for destruction. God always tried you for elevation. And he always tried you for promotion. you got to believe that. Elevation and promotion. Elevation and promotion. Elevation and promotion. He never tried you for destruction. So, so now here's a cow saw something and gave birth to what it saw. Then my question to you would be, what do you see? What are you giving birth to? Here is an animal that's not made in the image and the likeness of God. But it gave birth to what it imagined, what it saw, why it was feeding, drinking, feeding, and mating. It gave birth to what it saw. So do you think it's any wonder that God creates what he sees within himself? When there was darkness upon the face of the deep, God didn't see what everybody else saw. Well, what did God see? He saw light. The Bible says in First John that God is light, and in him there is none else. There's no darkness, excuse me. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So he spoke light because he saw light. 
He didn't focus on the darkness, but he focused on what he wanted. He imagined it, and he spoke it. He had to imagine you and I. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. Form man out of dust of the ground and breathe into man's nostril, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Imagination. Imagination. You ever notice when you become fearful? You usually become fearful because you're imagining destruction. You're imagining failure. You're imagining that you're going to lose something. Why don't you and I exercise and give more energy in imagining what God has promised, what God has said? I love this scripture here in the book of Genesis, chapter 11, and verse 6. I have the Amplified Version here. Let me get the the King James Version of it. It makes the statement, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from them, what they imagine to do. What they imagine to do. And I love the first part of it said there was one, but let's focus on the individual. What they imagine to do. Not not what they imagine, but what they imagine to do. He said, nothing will be restrained from them. Now something two things is taking place here. First they're seeing with their mind's eye. You cannot see the imagination of a person because the imaginations are taking place on the inside of them. But it says, nothing will be restrained from them, whatever they, and it say whatever, but what they imagine to do. So what is that saying? I just cannot imagine, but I got to do what I imagine. If I do what I imagine, there is nothing and no one that can restrain me. The devil can't restrain me. Demons can't restrain me. No human being can restrain me. But our problem is we just imagine the wrong thing. We imagine the failure. We imagine the correction. We Imagine the restrictions. We imagine poverty. So we're imagining the wrong thing. And so what you imagine, most likely you're going to end up doing. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is the man. God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. But God's thoughts towards me does me no good. No good. It's when I think his thoughts towards me, that's when they do me some good. Tonight, what is your thoughts towards you? Is your thoughts towards you, is the thoughts of God towards you? Now, God made a statement in Philippians 4, 19. I, uh, my God, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Is that a thought of God? The word of God is a thought of God. Why? Because words is thoughts that is expressed. Words of thoughts that is expressed. If it's written, then the written word is a revelation of the thought of God. 
I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace. Your thoughts towards me, God, is peace? Yes, sir. But I missed it yesterday. What I got to do with my thoughts towards you? But but I missed it. Did you repent? Did you ask me to forgive you? Yes, sir. What is my thoughts towards you concerning that? That you are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness? That is the thought of God. That is the thought of God concerning you. God's thoughts concerning you is forgiveness. Is your thoughts concerning you is forgiveness? God said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That he has blessed us with all spiritual. That's the thought of God. That's the thought of God concerning you. Now, what is the thought of God? Once again, thoughts are words, well, that is expressed. Our words is thoughts that is expressed. So if it's written, that's the mind of God. If it's written, that's the thought of God. If it's written, it is the thought of God. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So what is his thoughts? His word. What is his word? His thoughts. What do the word of God say about your children? We have so many parents, so many parents is concerned about their children. There's so much satanic and demonic attacks against children. But what is the thought of God concerning your children? God said in his word that I will contend against those that contend against your children. I will fight for them. I will war for them. I will battle for your children. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Once translated, say a future and a hope. So, if the word of God is the thoughts of God, word, the word of God is thoughts that is expressed. Thoughts that is expressed. So if it's written, it is the thought of God. But once again, this must become vital. I see we have quite a few people that's logged in to the chat. I want you, somebody to chat. Because I told you I need to get um, acclimated to chat, uh, chatting. I will not write back. But I will answer your question. Give me a question. Somebody write me a question so I can get uh, acclimated with uh, dealing with this chat thing. We had quite a few people on um, uh, Saturday for the time of intercession and the prophetic uh, presbytery. But because um, I'm still learning how to do this uh, chat thing, we weren't able to uh, uh, speak into anyone's life because I did not see your information in the chat. So uh, uh, ask me a question so I can uh, uh, see if I'm doing this correctly. All right, we're, we're going to continue here. Uh, okay, I see one. Okay. Okay, I see it now. All right. I have a question here. How do I get past Thinking thoughts of fear. That's an excellent one. Uh, first time I see, uh, I got a chat. Okay, all right. How do I get past thinking thoughts of fear? Okay. I have to make a decision. Think about it. Thoughts of fear. Is contrary to the thoughts of God. So God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil. If that is the thought of God, but the enemy is constantly bombarding 
my mind to think thoughts of fear. This is where warfare comes in as well. Now, uh, I have to make a decision. Think about it. Do I believe that God is bigger? Do I believe that God is greater? Do I know he's bigger? Do I know he's greater? So if I believe that he's bigger and I believe that he's greater, then I can trust him. Then when circumstances or situation that comes to try to manipulate me, to get me to bow to fear, it's a choice. It's a choice. And it's impossible for me to think the thoughts of God without trusting him. When I fear that I believe that the thing, the circumstance, the person is bigger and is greater, and it has the power to do something to me. But if I believe that God is bigger, God is greater, and the scripture says no weapon that's formed against me can prosper, I can quote it all day. But who said it? Who said it? Let me give you an illustration. Now you take a man, 350 pounds, like some of have, have some of these linemen that play football that can that can run five something forty. That's ridiculous. Five point something forty yard dash. Three hundred and fifty pounds, and you have another person that is, and the person that's three hundred fifty pounds. Just say they six seven, six eight. That's a massive of a man. That's that's huge. And you take another man that is five five and a hundred and twenty five. And both of them say, Trust me, I will protect you. Who you are more amped to trust? See, this is the natural here. The three hundred and fifty five seven five eight I'm sorry, not five six five six seven six eight three hundred fifty pound man or the five five one twenty five that's able to protect you from someone that's threatening your life. Most likely you want to go to the the six seven six eight three hundred fifty pound man. God must become a reality to me. God must become a reality to you. But this is how it works. It could never happen. It could never happen until you make up your mind that I'm going to trust him. And the reason you and I get into that word, the reason we read the Bible, the reason we, we, we study the word of the Lord, if we believe that he kept David, he kept Moses, he kept Samson, uh, kept Samuel, uh, kept Isaiah. See, when we read, you've got to understand, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. That's what, I don't know, that's what calls me just to be like I am. I mean, either he's real or he's not real, but he's proven himself. And But you'll never know that until you step out. If there is no action, you will always be paralyzed. Fear paralyzes you. Notice what the scripture says. But now understand you got to do something. Your thoughts, you have the power to control your own thoughts. Thoughts have no power until you give them power. I don't have to accept a thought coming in my mind. You and I have the power and the authority to pull down strongholds, cast down imagination, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's your responsibility and my responsibility. We can do that. But... Am I doing that? We can do it, but am I doing that? It's my responsibility, and it is your responsibility to do that. Notice what the Scripture says, if you will, in Philippians chapter 4. It wouldn't tell us to do something that we didn't have the power to do. 
but we can't do it in our own strength. And this, I think this is really the major, major problem with the majority of us. We try to do the word in our own strength. The Bible says he is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word deceives himself. But that sounds like it's telling me to do it. It is telling me to do it, but not in my own strength. You and I can do nothing spiritual that is pleasing to God. It's only what you and I do that is led by the Holy Spirit that brings pleasure to God. The Holy Spirit is our helper. You and I cannot do these scriptures. You can't do this word in your own strength. You're going to fail every single time. The scripture says, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing and the spirit can. The flesh is weak and it can't. The flesh cannot do spiritual things. So when it comes down to this fear thing, thoughts of fear, remember, you and I, what makes you like God, what makes me like God, what makes every human being, saved and unsaved, like God, is our volition, is our will. There's no other creative being on planet Earth that has a will, the power to make choice like you and I. Human beings is made in the image and the likeness of God. Animals don't have a will. Animals operate by instinct. So therefore, we have the will just like God, and that's why we have the power to choose. Nobody, nobody can stop you and stop me from making right choice. I can't say the devil made me. I was influenced by the devil, and I said yes. The devil didn't make Eve. He presented to Eve, and Eve said yes. The devil know he have no power over no human being's will unless a person surrendered their will to him. But notice what the scripture says in Philippians 4 and 8. Uh, this is the King James Version. Family, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It's a command. Now, now who has the power to do this? Me, you, and he will not tell you nor me to do this if we didn't have the capacity to do it. What gives us the capacity? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in me will help me to think on these things. It's a choice. Now notice what it says. It says, what sort of things are true? But what is true? What God has said about you? What is the lie? The opposite that presents itself to you? Now, I'm, now I have a choice. I have a choice to believe the circumstance and the situation that has presented itself to me, or I have a choice to believe what God said about me. And we struggle, ladies and gentlemen. We struggle. We struggle believing what he says about us. You want to know why? Because you believe what everybody else says than what God said about you. That means God can do nothing with you until you get set free from people. Until you get set free from the opinions of men. And I'm not talking about somebody telling you the truth about you. That's a whole different scenario. When somebody's telling you the truth about you and you value them, you believe you receive that because they're telling you so you can make a change the way you think. So he says, what sort of things are true? What is true? Truth about you. Well, let me just say what the truth is about me. The truth about me is I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I am blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I come in. So you mean to tell me, preacher, every time that you go out, you're blessed? Yes, I am. It's the truth. 
So every time you go out, you mean to tell me you don't experience any kind of opposition? I didn't say that. Just because I experience opposition, that doesn't mean I'm not blessed. Because I believe the truth. I'm thinking on truth. The truth of the matter, I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I come in. So you mean to say when you come in, you're blessed too? You never experienced an opposition when you came home? I didn't say that either. Because you're presented with something, a something challenged you, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to surrender to it and yield to it. You have the power, I have the authority and the power over everything that is contrary to the kingdom. You say, well, when I come home from time to time, you know, my kids cut up, my wife cut up, my husband cut up. What do I have to do with you? Because somebody cut up, that don't mean you have to cut up. If you cut up, that means that they're in control of you. Whoever you yield to controls you. Whoever you submit to controls you. You are the controlling factor of yourself. I cannot say the devil made me. I can't even say God made me because God don't make anyone do anything. But notice what it says, real quick. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are honest, it's my choice. I have the power to think on what is honest. That's, that's my choice. It's up to me to think on that which is honest. Tight season is coming. This is a time that so many, <coughs> excuse me, so many thoughts enter the people's mind. How can I get more money? What can I do to lie to get more money back on my taxes? Well, it says whatsoever things are honest. So it's a choice. Thoughts come to my mind to lie on my income tax. Thoughts come to my mind. But I have a choice. No, because I love God. This will bring uh, uh, displeasure to God. So I want to please God. So I refuse to lie on my income tax because I'm here because I want to please God. So I'm going to be honest. Honesty brings pleasure to him. What's of a thing? What's of a thing? It's honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. I got this. I, I can't put myself in a situation where I'm thinking on impure things. Is that what the things are pure? So many of us we put ourselves in a situation where we uh, get manipulated. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Good report. That means you're not listening to lies and gossip and bite biting. It's a choice. I had a conversation with. Uh, um, my aunt the other day, night, and uh, she was sharing with me about uh, one of her neighbors. She was saying that she believed she believed God, she trusts God, and and the neighbor started speaking doubt and, uh, and said something about God. And she, no, 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 you don't talk, to, no, 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 you don't talk to me about my God. Uh, uh, she was trying to make her doubt that God can't do a certain thing. But she's adamant that God can. Sometimes when you're hearing a negative report, sometimes it's wise to separate yourself from that negative report because it will contaminate you. But going back to the fear thing, it's a choice. I got to believe that God is bigger. Fear is the opposite of faith. Either I believe God or I believe the enemy. To believe the enemy is to operate by faith. And faith, the opposite of faith, which is fear. That's all fear is, is faith. Faith in the wrong person. You to believe God or you believe the enemy. That's that's how that thing works. All right, so I see I didn't have to really do anything with the chat thing here, so I, I saw it come up. That's the first chat I got. I appreciate that individual. Uh, uh, asking that question, I pray that you uh, got an answer. I know it's kind of a, a long answer, uh, but I hope that it, it helped you. All right, going back to your imaginations, thoughts, whatsoever 
they imagined to do. Nothing was restrained from them. Whatever they imagined, whatever they imagined, whatever they imagined, you always can tell what a person has imagined. You say, how? What are they doing? What are you doing lets me know what you've been imagining. So, oh, no, I believe God. I believe God. You do? Your imagination, based on your action, your action reveal your imagination or your action reveal your thought. So, therefore, it really reveals what you believe or who you believe, your action. Whatever they imagined to do, nothing was restrained from them. Now, God, God, let us all get this tonight. Let us all get this. Let us all run with this. Let us begin to imagine. Holy Spirit, produce on the inside of us a sanctified imagination. Whatever they imagined, nothing was restrained from them. The problem is some of you all has been around so much negativism, so many negative people. Your imagination has been distorted. Your imagination has been perverted. You have such a, a, a distorted imagination, you always imagine yourself failing. You can't imagine yourself being the person that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. You can't even imagine the prophecies that's been spoken over your life. You can't imagine. It's, it's, I just, it's just so hard for me to, to, to comprehend it. It's, it's so big. I, I can't see God doing that. That's the problem. You can't see God doing that with you. But I guarantee you this right here. You probably can see God doing it for somebody else. Why would you cut yourself short like that? God does not love anybody else more than you. But this is the lie. And the reason you believe it's a lie that God do love other people more than you? Because you say, you measure yourself, say, well, I don't have what brother so-and-so have. I don't have what sister so-and-so have. God's love for you have nothing to do with what a person have and don't have. If God gave that person whatever they had, it's because they believe God. And the reason you don't have because you struggle to believe in God. And what's the evidence you struggle to believe in God? Because you measure yourself. You measure yourself with somebody else and you predicate in love upon things and stuff. God can snap his finger and you can be a millionaire by the time you go to bed or by the time you wake up. There's nothing too hard for him. But you got to renew your mind and you got to allow the Holy Spirit to start painting on the canvas of your mind the awesome, dynamic man and woman that you are. Start imagining yourself as an excellent husband. Start imagining yourself as an excellent wife. Start imagining yourself as an excellent parent. Start imagining yourself as an excellent businessman or businesswoman or employee and employer. Whatever it is that God has said, what he's spoken, you got to begin to imagine it. Jacob did not have the Holy Ghost. He was not filled with the Spirit of God. Jacob put cows in front of a water trough, peeled some limbs, put them in front of them, let them look at it while they was drinking and mating, and those cows gave birth based on what they saw. These are cows. Their skin, their coat changed. That, that violates the laws that God established in this realm. Why? How did it violate? Because Jacob tapped into a higher law. And he caused those animals to tap into a, a higher law. And these animals is not made in the image and the likeness of God. And these animals experience transformation. The very word that Paul, the Spirit of God gave Paul in Romans chapter, what is it? 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
and be not conformed, be not conformed, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where do your thoughts and imagination produce? Where are they produced? In your mind. In your mind. Here's an animal, a cow. His, his, he gave birth to his offspring. And his offspring had a different coat than the mother and the father. How could that be? Because the mother was seeing something while she was drinking and mating. She was seeing something that was different than what she was. My God, help us, Lord Jesus. And she gave birth to it. She gave birth to it. Why don't you give birth to something that's different than your circumstance today? Why don't all of us give birth to something that is different than our circumstance and situation that's dictating and trying to manipulate and control us today? Will you start today, write down one thing, not two, not three, not four, not five, one thing that God has spoken over your life, one thing that God has promised over your life, and you're going to do this exercise every single day. This is going to unlock the real you. This is going to liberate the real you. Finally, brother, whatsoever things is true, love the just kind, pure, uh, uh, good report. They've been a virtue, they've been a praise. Think on these things. Think on one thing about yourself that God has said about you. And, and, and discipline yourself. You're not going to allow anybody to say anything contrary to what you have made the decision to do. And the key is don't tell nobody. Do not tell a soul what you getting ready to imagine about yourself that God has said, that God has promised. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end or to give you a future and to give you hope. What is he saying? The thoughts that I have for you If you will believe it and receive it, it will create your future. God already has thoughts about your future. But how many people die and the thoughts that God has about them is never, ever fulfilled or never come to pass? Because God think a thing means absolutely nothing. It's what I think. Not what God thinks, what I think. What God wants God wants me to think what he thinks about myself. Do I think what God thinks about me? Then every time you do, you're creating a future. Your future shall be realized. Don't you go ahead and say that. Say that to yourself. My future shall be realized. And nobody, ladies and gentlemen, has the power to stop it. Nobody has the power to stop it. As long as you got a mind, as long as you can think, as long as you can imagine, nobody can stop you. Whatever they imagine, nothing was restrained from them. You mean to tell me, sir, that if I imagine it, nobody can stop it? Nobody can restrain me from accomplishing it? Well, I don't even go by what God said. God said it. Nobody can stop you. You said, but listen, this thing is impossible. Well, you're a candidate for a miracle. All things are possible to them that believe. Not some. You're a candidate. We're almost out of time, but we'll have any other questions. I appreciate that one uh, uh, chat that I got. Anybody have any questions so far concerning anything the Lord has spoken tonight? He's encouraging us tonight. He's, he's, he's helping us uh, to tap into and to liberate the real us. Does anyone else tonight have any? You can go ahead and uh, uh, chat, and I will read it, and I will answer your question. I think I've got about 10 minutes, about 10 minutes left. But let's not allow this to be uh, just another message. I'm challenging you. God is challenging all of us tonight. 
Will you? Will you tonight make a decision that you're going to get one? This is an assignment. And, and matter of fact, next Monday or tomorrow night, tomorrow night, we'll be back at 6 to 7. Then I want you to come and let me know what your experience was like. What was your experience like? What did you sense in your spirit? What did you sense in your soul? What did you sense in your body? Now, what's going to happen now, because we have not been disciplined in our thinking, most likely there's going to be a great challenge uh, for you to do this. That's why you have to take time. You've got to practice. Practice make what? Perfect. Practice make perfect. So, therefore, if you would imagine it, and see, you got to understand something. It's not magic. And you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is not going to do it for you. The Holy Spirit is a helper. A lot of times, we Christians, we have a tendency to be a little lazy. So, But the Holy Spirit is not going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for me. He will help us in the process. He will help me, and he will help you. But let's do that exercise. Write that thing down, one thing, not two, three. One thing. And you may be surprised. Because the Holy Spirit may expedite this thing. You might say, okay, tonight, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that one thing that God promised me, that one thing that God has spoken over my life, that one thing, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that one thing, and I'm going to start imagining it. Sit down in a quiet place and let your imagination run loose what God has spoke. Don't put any limitations. I like that song by Fred Hammond. Uh, we used to sing that. We haven't sung in a long time. I have made you too small in my eyes. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of forgetting the song now. Brother, where's the way it goes? I made you too small in my eyes. He said, Lord, please forgive me. And, and he said, I sinned. I sinned because I limited you. I sinned. I made you too small. I made you. All of us make God, have made God too small. I dare you to take the limitation. Ladies and gentlemen, it ain't coming by church. It's not coming by church service. And I can prophesy over you the same thing over and over and over, and nothing will ever happen to you. You make a decision. I I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. There's an individual uh, that is online uh, right now uh, that's having some challenges uh, in their side. There's some pain uh, in, in the side area. The Spirit of the Living God wants to release and He wants to heal that particular area uh, at this present time in your body. Just go ahead and receive that, and the Spirit of God is going to manifest in you. There's another individual that's uh, that's online right now. Let me share this with you. You you you've been frustrated in a relationship, a very close to you. You've been frustrated. You've been aggravated, and you've been having thoughts of abandoning this particular relationship. God says, "Oh, absolutely not. He's doing something. This is not the devil. He's doing something. You hang in there. If you hang in there, within the next fifteen to thirty days, you're going to have. A, you're going to see the hand of God. But you got to repent to God concerning your attitude. Now, now the things start flowing. Now it's time for me to quit here. But the Spirit of God to, wants to bless you because He's doing something that you don't understand nor see at this present time. But just hang in there, and you're going to begin to see the hand of God. Ladies and gentlemen. In with you uh, today, first time at 6 p.m., so we'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Tell someone about the broadcast, uh, if you will. Um, I'm getting guests lined up. I'm really looking forward to us uh, sharing on the apostolic and the prophetic. And matter of fact, uh, if the Lord did what he do tonight, amen, he might just have us start prophesying to folks uh, online. Uh, I, I sense the stirring that took place once he revealed that that person's condition, matter of fact, was a female uh, a condition. But uh, tomorrow at 6, tell somebody, um, uh, call in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so do that, if you will, uh, on uh, tomorrow. And 
Wednesday, we'll be back with you at 1 o'clock, Kathy and myself, uh, talk sharing with marriage, relationship, family. Thursday, Kathy will be on herself, uh, 1 o'clock on uh, Thursday and Friday. I'll be back at 1 o'clock. Two nights we'll have you at night, Monday and Tuesday. God bless you. Let the rest of the night be blessed. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. 